Chase Sexton. You're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. Hello, everyone. This is Mike Brown here. You're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. Hey, we're back with another episode of the Moto X-Pod show. This week, episode 164. Uh, we're going to get Andy Gregg from Guts Racing in just a little bit to talk about the Supercross that was 2020 and a little preview of what we think may happen in outdoors. I don't know if you guys can hear in the background. Got a pretty good little storm going on right now. Hopefully, we don't lose power and shut this whole thing down. <clears throat> but also, we're going to talk to... Uh, privateer Richard Taylor, son of Rich Taylor from X-Brand Goggles. He ran some Supercrosses in the West Coast, tried to qualify, get his little, his foot in the water a little bit. We're going to talk to him. And uh, we're going to talk to Privateer Chris Moore, who races some outdoors. Uh, he reached out to us, wanted to come on the show, give us his story. So, that's uh, yeah, that's going to be a fun show tonight. I want to thank all of our sponsors, Torque One Racing, our title sponsor, Shock Socks, All Sport Dynamics, Blood Lubricants, Fly Racing, Power Band Racing, Cherby's X Brand Goggles, Extreme Colors, and Williams Moto Works. Uh, all, you know, obviously sponsors that help us out, take care of us, uh, keep the show going. So please support those guys. Use them. Use the di- well, we don't have that many discount codes. Blood Lubricants, we've got the the uh, uh, Moto X code. Uh, use that online at bloodlubricants.com. Uh, support those sponsors, man. We need the help. Uh, we've got a giveaway tonight. We're going to be giving away a set of light hydrogen gear. If you remember, I asked for emails about how you guys got into the sport. I uh, got a bunch of them. Two of them I picked in particular. I'm going to have Andy Gregg help me pick a winner. And Brian Fullerton from Acherby's wants to give away a plastic set. So I think whoever uh, doesn't win the light hydrogen gear of the two emails is going to win the Acherby's plastic kit. So that's really cool. Appreciate Brian for doing that. Talon Volan, of course, those guys, uh, big-time sponsors of us and supporting us, making some things happen, uh, including a bunch of those interviews I did on Instagram. That was all because of a Cherubis. So anyway, uh, we're gonna, I'm going to take a break, and we'll get Andy Gregg on here in just a minute. Um, we'll talk about Supercross. We'll talk about, obviously, Eli finally winning that Supercross championship and Chase and Dylan Ferrandis doubling down, right? Two in a row for both those guys. So very exciting Supercross year. I know we're all glad that that went down. We got to see some racing and a uh, – Basically a full season, even though it was different how it happened. So anyway, take a quick break. Be back with Andy Gregg. All right, first guest of the night, brought to you by Blood Lubricant Oil Lines, which were created to bring out the highest level of performance and protection for all types of racing. Blood Lubricants has many lines of oil to fit your needs, as well as chain lube, degreaser, polyclean, and more. Whether you ride moto, race dirt track, or anything else, visit bloodlubricants.com and use the promo code MOTOX. Tonight, Blood Lubricants brings us from Guts Racing, Mr. Andy Gregg. What's up, dude? Hey, what's happening, man? Not a lot, dude. Just uh, just dealing with a storm at the house right now. That's That's been interesting. I, I'm on call for work, so I got called out for all kinds of three different things all at once. But I think it's blown over, so hopefully we can get this interview going. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, what I want to do to get you on, what I want to get you on about tonight is just uh, 
the 2020 Supercross as it was, and maybe what we what you think's gonna what we should look forward to for outdoors. Uh, but before we do that, I want to give you a, a thanks because recently Tony Stewart Sprint Car Series uh, came through my town, and I, I wanted to go cover that thing. And you got me in touch with Tyler, his PR guy, and it worked out awesome. I got to meet Tony and do a bunch of cool interviews. Uh, including three blood lubricant drivers who are killing it in that series. It's uh, the Tony Stewart Circuit of Champions Sprint Car Series. But uh, I want to th- say thank you for that. Yeah, yeah, not a problem. I enjoy, uh, you know, helping out when I can. Well, yeah, and you did. You definitely got me in the door, and I was able to – I borrowed a pretty nice camera. I went down and got to shoot some pictures, and Michael Antonovich from Swap Moto Live texted me a bunch of – uh, settings because I have no idea how to use a camera I, other than put it on auto. But he told, taught me some manual settings that made it work really well. And dude, I had a blast. I, I love sprint car racing. We've talked about that before. And those guys were were definitely uh, running the cushion and the bottom and slide jobs. It, it was an awesome race. Yeah, yeah, it was good. I watched it. I watched it on TV. So it was a it was a good race. Cool, cool. Well, um, so yeah, thanks for that. Uh, so Supercross just wrapped up. Obviously, Eli Tomac finally got that championship. A lot of cool stuff this year, including not so cool stuff with the the COVID. Obviously, the way it's kind of put the break in between the series, and then they go to Salt Lake City for seven weeks. But man, just what are your thoughts on the series overall? What stood out to you? Um, well, I would say um, if we break it down into two parts, so the pre-COVID, uh, I felt like it was. You know the the normal just run of the mill vibe of Supercross. You know you have some guys getting hurt and falling out. You have some guys, uh, you know, excelling. But right before the break, it really started to to get to be a little more inter- interesting than some of the other uh, seasons in the past because you had two riders within three points of each other, and both of them I felt were riding, you know, really well between you know Ken Roxon and uh, Eli Tomac, and so. Um, you know, I, we kind of thought, everybody kind of thought that leaving Daytona, they would be, you know, they'd be going, uh, you know, blow for blow the rest of the season. And then, uh, so the first half was, you know, started out, you know, very, you know, typical Anaheim, you know, and through, through the paces more or less. And then, then it's like I said, it started shaping up to be a really good championship. And then all of a sudden we had to put a break on it. And then the second half, considering what's going on with other major sports, I feel like Supercross got the best deal of any sport so far. Um, they were able to get all seven rounds in. Um, it was all at the same stadium. They were able to, to race, I felt like, in a more prime time time slot, too, to where more audience, you know, maybe people have never watched a Supercross race before or really haven't paid attention. They, they were able to watch, yeah. um, you know, at a time slot that they, you know, and everybody's home, too. They really can't do their normal activities. Um, you know, depending on where you're out in the, in the country, but not everybody could be doing their normal activities. So the, the second part, um, was great. I, I felt like the racing was good. The, the fact that the track layouts were, were pretty different, um, you know, for every round, except for there was what the two, two or three rounds ago where they kind of just took the same layout where the starting gate was on the far outside of the stadium. And then they kind of just switched the two lanes between right. Sunday and Wednesday, but it still was fine. It made for good racing and, and, um, you know, it was the second, the, the, the COVID part, like I said, I think that was the best thing that could happen for Supercross 
considering the circumstances because they could have easily just said, "Hooey on it, we're not even racing at all," right? Yeah, or or whatever. So I, I really think that um, you know maybe some of the riders might not really care for it because they had to ride, you know, they had to stay for 21 days or whatever it was. They had to stay in the same same location. Uh, they they were kind of um, you know uh, on house arrest if you would call it. You know, in saw in you know that. They could only get so far away, you know, and they, they could only do so much. And so they, they probably didn't really care for it that much. But as far as from a fan point of view and just the overall well-being of the sport, I really think that was the they – got, they got a really good deal out of it. Um, so – Yeah, uh, I agree. I, uh, I you know, and I kind of thought – you mentioned that some of those guys maybe like, you know, maybe they they didn't like being stuck there but so much but it really seemed like most of them had a pretty good time and you saw a lot of riders on social media hanging out with each other and uh you know i mean i guess they were kind of having the slum it a little bit hanging out with steve mathis so much but <laughs> <laughs> no but really i mean it, you know and some of those guys really enjoyed doing the the sunday wednesday thing which is a fan i loved i loved being like, you know, the day after a race, you kind of always have this down, a little bit of a bummer. You go, oh, it's a whole other week till another race. And then all of a sudden you go, oh, wait, no, it's only two more days. We're racing again. Yeah, for sure. But, I mean, in all of reality, you couldn't do 18 races like no. that. You know no, no, I mean? no. Like, it would just, it would just dilute the sport. Um, you know, it would. I, I feel like it, it would just dilute it. Then, then you're getting into baseball numbers now. You know, <laughs> right. you, you have to start doing 160 races because you're racing – two, three times a week and, you know, but yeah, I mean, but at the end of the day, I really think that, uh, out of everything that's going on in the world right now, at today, June 23rd, you know, you don't, you don't even know what's going to happen on June 24th. So as of right now, I feel like my personal opinion is of everything that's going on in the world, Supercross got the best deal of everybody. So I can't uh, argue I'm, with that. I'm super stoked that we got all the races in. I'm super stoked that, uh, we were able to have a legitimate champion, and it wasn't going to be some sort of asterisk, oh, we only ran 11 races or only did this or whatever. Uh, I feel like this is probably the hardest championship a rider's ever going to have to, you know, in the history of the sport, this is the hardest championship to win because you went from a normal race schedule to a, a lengthy break to a vigorous race schedule. Um, so there's no way anyone could doubt that, that was the, you know, going to be the hardest championship to win was uh, the 2020 season so hats off to Eli um you know and and yeah I mean he got it done when when the times were the toughest yeah I think we saw a uh, a mental maturity and he he definitely has kind of talked about that he talked about it on pole uh last night and the press conference just overcoming some of those issues but it may be kind of scary because he's going to be around a couple more years at least it sounds like um and if he really has figured that mental part out, this guy may win, you know, who knows, uh, five more championships if he sticks around two full more years and, and outdoors this year. Uh, there's no telling what kind of records he can set if, if he's got that figured out. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's, it's definitely a mind game, you know, and a mental, a mental game. So, you know, when you're mentally strong, um, it's a lot easier to put in a good ride um, versus when you're – down the dumps, it's hard to pick yourself up and, yeah. and, and put in the epic ride. Absolutely. So let's real quick, let's talk about uh, the final race, 450. Uh, you, you are a huge sponsor of the Rockstar Husky team, along with a bunch of other teams, but your guys go one, two, three 
our boy Zacho gets his first ever win. I mean, as a as a fan and as a sponsor of that team, what was that like for you personally? Oh, it was great. I mean, we were sitting at home with the family and watching it, and we, you know, everybody was was up on the couch cheering. You know, it was good um, to see those guys uh, put in some solid rides. And um, I mean, I feel like uh, Zach and Jason, and even I mean, even Dean, all three of them, the the um, Salt Lake, they brought their A game. You know, compared to say the the first part of the season, because uh, yeah. like Zach got hurt and. And Dean came into the series a little banged up, and and uh, just seemed like Jason was off a little bit at the beginning of the year. Um, and uh, and so like Jason's results might not have been um, what he's looking for, but I'm telling you, just watching his speed and you know getting a fastest qualifier, you know he got fast qualifier. He hasn't done that in a while. You know wins a heat. You know there there's Jason definitely he he took the the break. And got his mind. All three of them got got back, you know, right in their in their own right as far as giving themselves confidence. And they and they showed on the racetrack because their average finishes. Um, if you look at the seven races in St. Louis versus their average average finish for the first part of the season, um, it's tra- it's you know dramatically different. So absolutely, uh, yeah, it yeah. Was, it was it was good to, to see um, Rockstar Husky get another another win. You know, before the season was done. Yeah, and for anybody listening that maybe doesn't know, uh, the the seat, Jason Anderson's seat that came off, that, that has nothing to do with Guts Racing. That, uh, Guts Racing builds the seat covers, not the seats. The seat broke. Uh, it's just one of those things that happens. But uh, still, Jason would have probably won that race otherwise. But that I was so stoked for Zach, man. I, 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 I like the whole team. I, I really enjoy those guys. But Zach is one of the best human beings on the planet. And I think... This is going to be a, a big uh, push for him to improve his position, you know, his confidence and his uh, finishes, even come outdoors and then Supercross next year. Um, I wanted to talk – let's talk about 250s just for a minute. So Chase Sexton and Dylan Ferrandez uh, repeat in both their respective coasts. Uh, and both of them last year somewhat lucked into their championships. I mean um, – it really came down to the final round last year at Vegas, and there's you know people, the keyboard warriors, that say, "Oh, they got lucky." Uh, I think both of them made statements this year. What do you think? Yeah, I would say so. For me, the biggest statement was Chase. Um, I did not expect that from him um, this season. I kind of you know expected Shane um, to be you know um, the guy all year um, on the East Coast, and um, Chase. I mean, definitely proved me wrong. I mean, he. Rode um, way better than I expected, uh, you know, and, and I, I feel like, you know, I feel bad for Shane because uh, twice um, he was in, you know, a great position at two different rounds where uh, the red flag came out and reshuffled the card. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and I feel bad because I think just, just from, you know, I'm not there, I'm not even part of the star team. We don't do anything with those guys, so I, I'm just kind of, you know, shooting from the hip, but just watching – it just seemed like it kind of blew the wind out of his sails, and then it caused him to not ride as good on the second restarts of both mains that were, um, you know, red flagged for him. And uh, so that's that's a little mental game that you know, or a little you know, a little mental hiccup there that you got to be able to put that stuff behind you, right? Uh, and not worry about it. But yeah, I mean, gosh, Chase really, really surprised me. Uh, Dylan, honestly, I didn't feel like last year he was gifted the championship. I feel like. Dylan has 
Um, got a lot of raw speed and a lot of raw talent. Um, and he just needed to clean up some of the little little mistakes. And, uh, I mean, because last year both riders, they both had to ride good enough to stay in the championship hunt going into the final round regardless. So yeah, um, you really can't say that was gifted to him. Yeah, I mean, maybe the cards fell just right to where, um, you know, it made it easier for them to, to get the championship. But at the same time, the, the other rounds leading up to it, they, they put in a good enough effort to, to stay in the hunt. And so but I feel like Dylan um, actually, you know, he, he's got a lot of raw speed. And he's got, oh, yeah. and I think this year he definitely cleaned up those little hiccups. Um, I think that's one thing DV uh, really helped him with um, as far as his program. Just, you know, keep the speed, but let's work on these little hiccups. And, uh, I mean, he had a few even in Salt Lake, but – he was able to rebound from him and and keep enough point gap that um, he was he was fine. You know, once they got down to it. Yeah, totally agree with that. Uh, I think Dylan uh, he's going to be good outdoors, and we're about to talk about that. Um, a couple of the more things I want to touch on: AC's rookie year, um, what he looked like. Other than I know he crashed a bunch and he ended up getting hurt. I want to see, get your thoughts on that, and give, give me your thoughts on Chad Reed and his quote unquote retirement, and then we'll get to outdoors real quick. Yeah, um, as far as Adam goes, you know, I, I'm a huge Adam fan. Um, as far as, you know, I just think he's a great personality for the sport. I think he's a good spokesman for the sport. I mean, it's like, I like the way he rides. But, I mean, it's just one of those things, man. There's just some riders that they they just can't be in the right place at the right time or <laughs> yeah, whatever yeah. the scenario is. Right. I, you know, I, I hate this, but I think that uh, just right now, if you just look at the history of his pro career, he seems to always have these these problems, the injuries, and uh, I feel bad for him because that might affect his um, contract for next year. Because for St. Louis, I mean, I went on Daniel Blair's thing on Main Event Moto, and I said, you know, for 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 Salt Lake, I meant not St. Louis for Salt Lake. Um, I had him slated down to win at least one round, if not more, because I thought, okay, he's had a chance to get healed up. He can he can settle a score. He can go out there and win a couple rounds, uh, prove that he's he's worth a, a top tier ride for next year. And then the the first you know before I mean it's like before you could even take a deep breath, he was on the ground. Right. Yeah. I I, I was with you when you said that on main event. I totally agreed. He was gonna. I figured he'd win a couple. Honestly. Um, so yeah, he's got to get that cleaned up, and he knows it. You know, he's frustrated. We've heard Steve talk about their personal conversations and, and him and AC just being like, I, I don't, I got to figure this out. I, you know, it, it's getting to him a little bit mentally. Um, I, and I'm sure Nick way, uh, will, will work on that. And AC is going to get better. I mean, this is rookie year. He's still young. He's still got that, uh, that young man's mentality and hopefully he'll smarten up a little bit. Um, talk about Reed. What do you think, man? Chad Reed's a legend, whether you love him or hate him. Uh, the guy, Got his best finish of the year, a tenth at the final round. Almost forty years old, and still one of the top fifteen best Supercross riders. You know, week to week. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, what? Can, I mean, you really can't say anything. I don't even know how anybody could say anything negative about him. I mean, I I've got some friends in my close circle that they they can't stand him for whatever reason. But my argument to them guys is, you know what? Because they're, they're, they're saying, oh, well, you know, he's taking a spot from, you know, uh, up-and-comer or somebody that could be out there. You know, he's taking their money. But you know what? He's not because 
he is is not even on a factory team, and he's still putting in the results. So yeah, uh, I I think right. I mean that's amazing. I mean it's yeah. Well, I mean like I think in any sport, people would love to be able to have a, a career as long as his and be as competitive as he, as he has been. And um, I, I mean what. It's, and then he's got three kids, you know, you know, wife, you know, the whole deal. Like he's he's the whole package. I mean, he's he's what everybody at at thirty eight would ever would ever hope to see themselves at. Most people well, yeah. at thirty eight, most people at thirty eight are not jumping triples or hitting the whoops. And I still feel like his whoop speed is is um, right up there with the best of them, with the exception of Malcolm. Yes, for sure, he's. He's a bad dude and uh, deserves all the respect as far as his writing goes. Um, and you know that the argument about him taking a spot—he's got his own team. I mean, he's not—he's yeah. not like you said—he's not riding on a factory team. His personal sponsors put this thing together for him, and with, if he chooses not to ride, that team isn't there. So that's not a spot. You know, I mean, if the, if the, if somebody the spot that he's supposedly taking, they can go ride for another team, and if they could beat him, then they get in the show. You know, I mean, that's yeah, his. He's doing that on his own, so I don't agree with that argument. Um, before we touch on outdoors, and I'm going to keep that short so you, I can let you go, uh, we're, we're running a contest this month, Andy, that uh, JT with Fly Racing is letting us give away a set of light hydrogen gear. Um, the way I did is I asked for some emails from our listeners uh, about how they got into writing. And, you know, give me your stories. I was going to pick the best one. I have two emails that I'd like to read, and I'm going to let you pick if you're down. I'm kind of throwing this at you. Okay, not a problem. All right, so the first one is from Devin, uh, so bear with me. He says, uh, I got into riding by my dad and uncles. My dad was more of a Harley guy, and his two brother-in-laws were moto guys. Dad had a nice garage, and so many, uh, uh, as, and so my uncles always had bikes there working on them. I was a month old when I sat on my dad's first dirt bike. When I turned three, my dad bought me a 1980 Suzuki 50. Before I could ride, I had to ride my bicycle without training wheels. That same day, my uncle took me out and had me riding around the yard within an hour. So I got back inside, told my dad, and he let me gear up and ride. Well, I started off good, but after finally, uh, see, after I finally got to ride without my dad running next to me, I decided I wanted to go faster, and I crashed in a ditch. Dad thought I'd be scared and give it up, but he was wrong. I haven't got off a bike since, and I'm 26 now and just had my first child and cannot wait to teach him to ride. That's the first one. That's Devin. All right, this one is a little shorter from Jake. Uh, Jake said, I got into racing through a divorce of my parents when my dad bought me a bike after their separation. I was eight. After a short time, I had a bike at my mom's and my dad's, both being KX60s, and I was hooked through the years. Through the years, I've kept up with racing and attended many pro races a year and also try to ride and or race every weekend. I have since lost touch with my dad at the young age of 11, but my mom worked three jobs and had friends take me to the races so I could enjoy doing what I love. Those are the two. Um, I like them both. Which one do you think should get the gear? And by the way, Brian Fullerton at a Cherubies allow, is allowing me to give away a, a, a plastic kit this week. So whoever you don't pick gets the Cherubies plastic. Okay. Um, you know, the um, the fact that, I mean, that the both, you know that they both took times out of their day to, to write up these emails, and they're both really good. Um, you know that was, that's you know kudos to those two guys uh, for putting in the effort. But uh, the second one that you read is the guy I'd like to give the gear to. Okay. Um, you know so, um, 
and and it's nothing and nothing nothing against the first guy Devin. Of course, I just feel like listening to the story. Uh, you know him have you know at some point when he lost touch with his dad that the mom. I mean, because it would have been very easy for the mom just to be like, no, son, we don't need to ride dirt bikes anymore. But he said something about uh, you know her friends and people stepped in and and helped him you know stay with it. So uh, yeah, um, you know, and Devin had an awesome story too. I mean that the fact that. Um, he had his uncles around him and, and brother, his dad's brother-in-laws and things like that 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 helped. You know, he had a he had a you know a really good family around him and uh, helped him through a lot. You know, for him to be able to ride too. So I mean, they both had great stories, but uh, the sec the second one is the one that I um, I was leaning more on. You okay, know, I felt like like he's uh, a good candidate for some gear. Awesome. So Jake Curry, you win the gear, uh, Devin. Devin Cavendish, you're going to win some a Cherubis Plastic. I'll get in touch with you in the next day or two, so congratulations. All right, Andy, outdoors. Um, Eli has won three championships in a row. Just came off a Supercross championship, so he's on the highest of highs. Uh, but you, we know that after a Supercross championship, sometimes these guys are, you know, they got to celebrate a little bit. they got to recover. they got to get back to racing. Um, personally, I think Eli wins his fourth outdoors in a row. I don't think there's a lot of competition to stay consistent with him, but I want to get your thoughts. What do you think? Yeah, right now, I mean, I can't even comment on the outdoors because technically they only have two <laughs> yeah, two true. races on the book. That's true. Um, and for one, Supercross shouldn't be as much of a hangover this year because uh, normally they only have a weekend off between Vegas and, and um, Hangtown, Hangtown yep. or their first outdoor isn't even until mid-July. So they have – you know, plenty of time for Eli to, you know, so that won't be an excuse of any sort. But, I mean, gosh, who knows? I mean, they, I, mean, I don't even know how the outdoors could even survive with two rounds. So, um, you, you know, and you can't you can't call that a championship either. So That's true. That's all they do. I, I'm counting on the fact that they have a tentative schedule. It's just all TBA to be announced. I, yeah. I feel like it's going to happen. We're going to have Davey on next week, so maybe we'll get to get a little more info. But, um I'm I'm basically all this conversation is on the whether they have a full whatever they I think it was nine rounds or eleven I can't even remember what they put up but let's say they race the whole thing let's say they have a legitimate series what are your thoughts? Um yeah I mean it'll just it, I mean obviously you know Eli is the odds on favorite to win but at the same time I feel like um, you just can't count out you know some of the other guys I mean. Uh, Zach's a great outdoor rider, and um, now that he's had, you know, more time on the 450, you, you, you just don't, you know, it depends on what Zach shows up. I mean, Zach could show up and and uh, be right right there with him. I mean, he's a he's an outdoor champ himself, and you know, in his own right in the lights division. So, um, and then Kenny, Kenny on the Suzuki um, last year, they you know with RCH. I mean, he had to a max number. He won every moto with the exception of three motos. So, um, I mean, he, I, and I really, and, that, and I still think that that season he could have, he could have swept the season, but uh, Glenn Helen, he, his bike uh, malfunctioned. Yep. And that's why he lost a moto. And then late in the season, he didn't have to push it. He had such a point lead. So, um, you know, we'll see, we'll see what kind of Kenny, you know, what Kenny brings to the table because. He's going to have a little bit of sting right now. You know, he didn't even finish second in the points in Supercross, so that's got to hurt a little bit. And um, with a little extra break, maybe he can get over some of his, um, you know, 
ailments and physical issues and uh, be able to bring, you know, bring something to the outdoors. I hope so. I just, I, in my gut, I feel like whatever physical thing he has going on, maybe something he deals with from now on and to finish an outdoor, you know, a moto, not only a moto, but just an overall, I feel like he's going to struggle, man. I just don't, I think he'll be up front early and I hope this isn't the case. I would love to see him go, you know, race for race with Eli as well as Zach and Cooper. I'd like to see all those guys up there, but I just feel like whatever's going on with him, maybe something he's stuck with, right? And we'll see, but yeah, yeah. if, if he can get it figured out, then absolutely he'll be a guy that Eli's going to have to worry about every weekend. Um, what about AC, man? What do you expect out of him? We just talked about him a little bit in Supercross, but, uh, you know, do you think it, the, the mistakes and the issues will continue, or do you think he'll come out and, and you know, win a couple? Um, I, I think he'll definitely be in, in the mix for a moto win or two. Uh, maybe not an overall right away, but uh, it kind of it'll just kind of have to see how how he takes the first couple rounds. I think if if he can just calm down and <laughs> right. put in some solid rides the first few rounds, then maybe we can start talking for some overalls later in the season. But okay, because um, you have to be in them to win them, so you don't want to go out to the first round and and ride. Um, ride to win and, and then end up getting hurt again. So, Yeah, okay, let's talk about Chase. Chase is moving up to the 450 for outdoors. Uh, he did mention on Pulp last night that he's basically he's going out there just to learn. Uh, he's not expecting to go out and compete for the, a win necessarily. But then again, we know how these guys are, these racers are, right? I mean, they get out there and they get top three start. I, I can't imagine he's going to back it down. He's going to go for it. Um, what do you expect out of Chase? Um, I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, I had a huge, I had a high hopes for, for, uh, Aaron when he came up, Plessinger off yep. the, you know, I thought, you know, a bigger guy, you know, he would just get on, on the 450 and just put it to these guys. And so I kind of ate my words on that one. So, uh, Chase, I, I think, I think he will just ride, um, like you're like what he's saying is you know he's just going to go out there and try to learn some stuff i feel like if if he's riding and he feels like he's about fifth place is about all he's got for the day i think he'll sit you know he'll he'll just ride fifth you know he's not going to be a rider that's going to try to get more out of out of it than um than what's needed you know so you might see him taking some six some seven you know here or there you know maybe maybe get a, a a podium in a moto but not um I don't. I don't think he'll be um, one that's uh, knocking down, you know, podiums right away. <laughs> yeah, I think he'll, yeah, he'll just be trying to get his feet wet. Okay. All right. Last question. Give me your winners for the overall series for the championships. Uh, Two fifty, four fifty. Um. Why? Well, I mean, I. I think Dylan is going to be odds-on favorite for the outdoors in the two fifty class. Um. So I, I'm kind of you know, you know, I'm hoping that Hunt Lawrence can can. Um, you know, bring bring some heat, um, and then the four fifties once again. Like right now, just speculating that we have a series, and odds on favorite has got to be Eli. Yeah. Uh, you know, but you know, I have a soft spot for Max Ancy too, so I'm hoping that mm, yeah, yeah, you know that he can uh, put in some good rides for the outdoors. I mean, we he was part of our program the last couple of years in the MXGPs and had fantastic rides. So hopefully, um, he can he can do the same. You know, here in the states. 
Yeah, that's I, I kind of had forgotten about him. Honestly, I wasn't even thinking about it because we haven't seen him in Supercross. But yeah, that's that's going to be interesting. Um, well, Andy, man, I I, took, I kept you longer than I said I would. I appreciate you coming on uh, gutsracing.com. Give them a call, place an order online. Seats are the best. I've got them on my 06 and my 15. I appreciate everything you've done for me, including sponsoring the Pulp Mix Wrap-Up Show. Yeah, yeah, not a problem. I'm glad to come on. Well, thank you so much. Uh, take care. And by the way, I know you're friends with Daniel. You mentioned him a little bit ago. Uh, I've been doing this segment on Instagram. I don't know if you've seen it where it's like the a writer and their wife or girlfriend. And it's sort of like the newlywed game. I send them each questions about each other. They give me answers, and then I get them on and see if they can match answers, basically. Uh, but Daniel and Maggie are going to be on this Thursday night. On, it's called Ride or Die on Instagram. So if you guys are listening right now, check it out Thursday evening. Sometime on Instagram, I'll post about it. But uh, Daniel and Maggie Blair be on there, and that should be fun because they're a pretty fun couple. Yeah, no, they are. They're good people. So, uh, yeah, excited. I'll be uh, watching for it. All right. Sounds good, Andy. Thank you, dude. Yep, not a problem. Take care. Bye. Later. All right, thanks again to Andy Gregg. Good dude, man, really smart. Uh, Guts Racing, get yourself seats, man. Hit them up. Uh, they are not a sponsor of this show, but uh, they obviously sponsor the wrap-up show, and Andy's just a good dude, man. They got the best seats and seat covers and foam in the business. So hit them up, GutsRacing.com. All right, we'll be back with Chris Moore. We all know engine oil is the lifeblood of our machines. That's why you need blood lubricants for the highest level of performance and protection. Manufactured here in the USA and designed to handle the heat and humidity. Blood lubricant oil lines such as Pro Elite Series, Pro Series, and the new Scorpion Blood will exceed all your needs. Whether you race moto, sprint cars, side-by-sides, or anything else, Blood Lubricants has you protected. Tests have shown that engines can run up to 30 degrees cooler while using blood. Just ask Chris Kiefer. DJ TJ and I trust Blood Lubricants in our machines, so you can too. Go to bloodlubricants.com to order today. Don't forget to check out their Chain Lube, Two Stroke Premix, PolyClean, and many other products. Use promo code MOTOX to support the Moto X Pod Show. Hey Kylie, does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way, Kathy. He uses Shock Socks, the original and number one 10 second removable fork sill protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork sills. So, if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork sills, get Shock Socks. Go to shocksocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. If you're anything like me, you remember back in the late 80s, early 90s, all the cool custom painted helmets that you'd see on Supercross. Jeremy McGrath, Jeff Emig, Damon Bradshaw, all the top riders had custom painted helmets tricked out and I was super jealous. I could never afford to get one done. Now there's an option, extreme colors. When you're rolling up to the line with a custom painted helmet, it's one of the coolest feelings you can have. Kirk Hunter has been painting helmets since 1998 and his price is still the same. $295 gets you a professional, one-of-a-kind paint job on your lid. Just contact Kirk at xkhelmetpainting at gmail.com or go to motoxpodshow.com and check out the contact links. Now you too can have a custom painted helmet just like Jeremy McGrath and be the envy of all your friends at a reasonable price. Follow him on Instagram at X-T-R-E-M-E-K-O-L-O-R-S, Extreme Colors. Let them know the Moto X Pod Show sent you. 
right, our next guest of the night is brought to you by Fly Racing. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. And right now with riders like Weston Pike, Blake Baggett, Zach Osborne, who won the final round of Supercross. That was rad. Damon Bradshaw and many others. Visit flyracing.com. But tonight, Fly Racing brings us privateer Mr. Chris Moore, number 923. What's up, dude? Nothing. What's going on, man? Not a lot. Um, uh, like I, I was telling you off air, and for anybody listening, I'm on call this week at work. We had storms come through. I got called out right before you and I were supposed to record, uh, but I appreciate you being flexible and uh, excited to talk to you, man. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. So you reached out to me. You, uh, I see you're from New York. Uh, you're a privateer. Been racing outdoors a little bit. Let's get some of your background, man. Like, uh, where'd your where'd your motocross experience? Where'd your motocross life come from? Yes. Yeah, so uh, moto was never really in the cards for me. I grew up playing baseball and football pretty much. That was my childhood. I didn't start racing until I was almost fifteen. Uh, me and my dad, I always rode like more so like quads and stuff, just messed around oh, boy. with the up, upstate, yeah, stuff like that. Nothing too serious. Always had bikes though. And one time my buddies rented out a track, my dad's buddies, and they were like, why don't you guys come? So, you know, we showed up and I was kind of like, wow, this is cool. This is different. So then from there on, we just kind of slowly got into it, started racing the C-Class. I was doing pretty well locally. Tried the Loretta's deal for like two years in a row in 14 and 15. And just honestly, at the regional, just had terrible luck. Just never, never did it. And then when I was a junior in high school, I kind of just gave up. I was like, ah, whatever. That was cool for a while. It lasted like, let me focus on baseball and like college. Yeah. And uh, then I wound up going to the, English Town, which is a pretty local track to me. It's about an hour from me, my junior year. And I actually wound up breaking my back. Oh, wow. Uh, in, in a crash, yeah. So I kind of, then I was really over it. And then baseball got super serious, started doing a bunch of showcases and all that stuff. And then that occupied my whole high school career. And then coming out of high school, I wanted to play baseball, but unfortunately just didn't have the grades where my like skill level for baseball was. So I went to a community college and first game of the year, I wound up tearing my labrum in my shoulder. Golly. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So then I kind of just re rehab that. And then my dad's like, let's go, let's go race. So I'm like, yeah, sure. Why not? He's like, what, what class you want to sign you up for B? I'm like, nah, do a class. Like maybe I'll make a couple bucks. <laughs> okay. So That's Went into a blind, went to a local race, and signed up for A class. Made a couple dollars, and I was like, "Wow, this is this is cool." And that's kind of history on it. And then huh. figured out the whole pro car deal and doing all the pro ams, and then I hit those, and then now I'm here. So let's back up just for a minute because I, I want to ask this: When you first went to the English town with your dad's buddies or whatever, how old were you? Uh, when I first rode a track, I was thirteen. Wow, okay, so yeah, pretty late start, um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. All right, so move up to, you go ride the A-class, and you make a few bucks, and you decide you're going to start pursuing this. Um, how do you be, how do you start bettering your technique? Are you finding local fast guys to ride with, and, you know, what? How are you, where are you learning from? Where are you learning your skills, your technique from? I'm a big YouTube guy, so I'll just okay. spend hours 
on YouTube, just watching Gary Stemmick, you know, the whole Club MX crew down there. I'll just watch YouTube, study form, and then honestly just try my best to implement that into my riding. That's cool, man. Yeah, I don't have the patience for that, and I don't – I just – well, I don't have the, the, the talents anyway. So yeah. I don't know that I could learn from watching videos, but that's pretty cool, man, that you did that. Um, since that time, have you like, uh, have you gotten a trainer? Do you, you, who do you ride with? What do you like? What is your training, uh, like now as we're getting ready to hopefully have a outdoor season? Yeah, no, I've actually never spent any time at a training facility. I just got a couple pretty fast buddies that we all kind of ride with. I don't know if you remember Carlo Cohen from back in the day. Mm -mm. He used to race uh, 125 and stuff, but I'm good buddies with his son, James. Okay. He races pro. I got a buddy, Frankie, that also races pro. We got a bunch of pretty fast group, group of guys, and we all have girlfriends that enjoy each other, so we kind of spend our weekends at the track together like that. That's cool, man. Yeah, this we, we all I think all of us know this is a family sport, whether it be your mom and dad or, like you said, your girlfriends, and you become family with your buddies that ride. That's cool. I love hearing yep. that. Um, how many nationals have you gone to to race? So I did my first year. I did three in 2018. I did okay. Southwest, Unadilla, and Bud's Creek. And then in 2019, I actually rode for the Privateer Journey. Oh, so nice. I did, I did eight out of 12 rounds. Okay. And then this year with what's going on, I'm hoping to – just do a couple with all this craziness. So were you at Millville last year or during the storm no. or WW nope. Ranch? I did WW Ranch. I did not do Millville. Though. Okay. Uh, those were the two I went to. I, uh, I wish I had had a, had known and, and got a chance to meet you in person, but hopefully, hopefully this year, I think the goal for us right now is to do the first one at Indiana, WW Ranch, the one at Loretta's, and Paula, I think, is what we're shooting for. So uh, are any of those on your plans for 2020, if they happen? Most likely WW as of now. I wanted to go to Canada that weekend because it's go for dunes. But oh, yeah. you got to be in Canada for 14 days prior to the event, and working and stuff like that is just it physically can't happen. Sure. So. Yeah, you mentioned that in your in your text to me that you work full-time. What do you do? I'm an equipment operator. Okay, like like dozers and backhoes and all that good yeah, stuff? Yeah, dozers, excavators. I do some demo work, a lot of site work. Nice. Yeah, yep. I, I get to, I get to run a track hoe and a backhoe here and there. That's that's uh, I enjoy that. Yeah, no, it's definitely fun. I wish I was building tracks or something. but <laughs> Right? Well, maybe <laughs> someday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, So talk about, uh, like, no Supercross. You, you don't do any of those nope. at all? Uh, I actually had a 250F, but then... I wound up selling it and just getting a 450. I was going to do some futures, but I wasn't sure with the whole schedule and sure. stuff like that. So it was just better off to get rid of it. So, you know, we kind of know that nationals, like, there, there's really not any money in it, unless you're a factory guy. This has got to be something you just do out of passion for the love of it, huh? Oh, yeah, for sure. There is definitely no money in this. It's <laughs> I I sometimes question my choices. That's sure. For sure. Well, I think we all do. Even even when we go to a local race and we're paying forty bucks per class to ride four laps or eight laps, it's it's something we all question. 
Yeah, it's crazy. But if we wouldn't, if we didn't love it, we wouldn't do it, right? A hundred percent, man. With all the injuries and the cost of it, yeah, it's it's yeah. definitely something that's in the blood. And all the guys I work with who don't, you know, have no idea about what we do, they're just like, "This, that's dumb. You you keep yeah, getting hurt. Doing. It doesn't make any sense." Oh yeah. Um. So, what are your goals, man? I mean, uh, let's say we have a full national series. You know, like right now, there's only two that are basically supposed to happen everything else is to be determined or to be announced but let's say we do the whole series that they they plan on having uh you make a few race you go to a few races are your goals yeah obviously to make the show uh is that is that the primary goal right now yeah that's definitely up there i'm definitely been working on fitness and stuff a lot i'm down like 15 pounds as from where i was last year and i'm gonna ride a 450 this summer so that's just an added bonus to be a little lighter uh, yeah, but definitely crack into those motos and then hopefully get get pretty close to scoring points. I got pretty good fitness, you know, 30 plus twos are no problem. It's just that sprint speed, man, is yeah. so hard to find. Yeah, it's it, everything we hear, even as an amateur, you kind of know that going out and riding practice with your buddies or whatever, and, and yeah, your level it's a little different, but it's still nothing like race pace when you got to go out there and actually race like a 15 minute race is probably way way more difficult than a 30 minute practice because of the the intensity and the other guys on the gate and and it's so different you cannot practice that yeah the biggest thing is figuring out those tracks you know you get Mm. what two two laps to figure it out and then it's go as fast as you can you know right that's the hardest part for me getting comfortable right away well i was about to ask you what's the most difficult thing for a privateer um, you know, and I guess that'd probably be one of it, but what about like, who helps you out? What, what, how do you get to these races? Is it all on your dime pretty much? Or do you have people helping you? Uh, pretty much it's all on my dime, but honestly, I wouldn't be able to do this without my girlfriend at pretty much last year. We were contemplating doing the TPJ thing and I just had a bone stock 250F and we were throwing out the idea of doing it. It'd be cool for us to travel the summer and, you know, do it. And then she wound up lending me over seven grand to go buy one of Josh Mosman's uh, practice bikes. And then, it's a good girl. So I honestly, yeah, without her, I definitely wouldn't have raced any nationals last summer. So, wow, definitely, definitely her. Uh, my parents, you know, they help out when they can, but yeah, it's, it's tough. You know, I have, I have two younger brothers, so. They're all involved in high school sports and stuff like that. Okay. Um, hey, are you aware of uh, privateerlife.mx? Yes, I am. Okay. I actually won $200. Hell yeah. Pretty cool, yeah. yeah. I actually have a t-shirt right now. What 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 round did you win that money? Uh, I won it for Redbud okay. and Bud's Creek, I want to say. Nice. Yeah, Garrett, Garrett is rad, so good, good. I've uh, I've had the privilege of handing some of that money out at a few rounds at Millville and WW. So that's, that's so, that's so cool to see you guys get that excited. I know he does a tremendous amount to help privateers out. Yeah. It's awesome. What he's doing It's so nice that people honestly give back to us. It's, it's insane. Absolutely. Hey, so before I let you go, uh, who were some of your heroes growing up? You know, you got into it a little late as far as racing, but who were the guys that, you know, you you had posters on your wall or whatever. Ooh, definitely a Villapoto fan okay. growing up. And then that 09 year when 
Stewart and Reed were going at it. <laughs> yeah. That, and Supercross, that, that was something else. So but were, definitely a Villapoto fan. Were you a Stu guy or a Reed guy or both, or did you did you pick one? My dad was a huge James Stewart fan, so I would definitely lean more towards the Stewart side of things. Okay. Then my mom, on the other hand, she's obsessed with Chad Reed. She <laughs> thinks that's her boyfriend, so. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've got a couple of buddies whose wives feel the same way. I actually, what a, so I was a stew guy and my buddy, uh, Brian, his wife is Rachel. She absolutely, she would leave Brian for Chad in, in a second, you know, and yep. we would text back and forth during races when they were taking each other out and like, ah, Chad's an asshole, you know, and, and that, that, yeah. that was all Chad and we'd be back and forth. And at Dallas, I would say I think it was nineteen, maybe in nineteen. Anyway, he uh, he was nice enough on press day to record a message for her saying, "Hello, Rachel. This is Chad Reed. How are you?" Something along those lines, and uh, it, it gutted me to record it and send it to her because I'm the Stu fan. But yeah, yeah. I did, and she, yeah. So that, I get that. I I I, uh, I know where your mom's coming from. I've seen it before. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, man. Hey, Chris, dude. It's really cool to get a few minutes to know you and. Um, Dude, I really hope I get a chance to see at WW Ranch. I uh, I say there's about a 99% chance we'll, I'll be there. Hopefully you'll make it down and I'll come find you. All right. Sounds good, man. Looking forward to it. Yeah, so everybody give Chris a follow. It's uh, C underscore M-O-O-R-E 923, correct, on Instagram? Yes, sir. That's it. So give Chris a follow. Uh, we'll be watching you this year, and uh, hopefully may I see you get into some motos, dude. It'd be awesome. Sweet, man. Thank All you. Right. Take care, Chris. Take care, man. All right. All right. That's Chris Moore. Yeah, cool kid, man. Or cool guy. I say kid because I'm so old, right? I mean, <laughs> he's not really a kid. He's a he's a, a young adult. But anyway, uh, cool. We like these privateers. I know you guys like hearing from him. Uh, give him a follow. It'd be cool to see him. Another, ki- another kid to cheer for, man. Hopefully his dream will come true and he'll make some motos and get some points. So that, that'd be really badass. All right. Take a quick break, and we'll be back with Richard Taylor. What's up, guys? This is the Seven Juice Trade out of Entertown. I'm here to tell you about Aturbis USA. For decades, Aturbis has been the leader in motorcycle plastic and accessories like full plastic kits, frame guards, chain sliders, hand guards. In 2020, they are the proud sponsors of Red Bull, Factory KTM, Factory Kawasaki, TLD KTM, and Rocky Mountain KTM, as well as many top privateers such as myself. All you got to do is go to AturbeeUSA.com or call 1-800-659-1440 and y'all better tell them Motorized Pajo sent you. Hey, Dad. Great race. Not sure how you could even see. Thanks, bud. Track conditions were pretty brutal, but thanks to my X-Brand goggles, I had hashtag clear vision all the way. X-Brand Goggles has grown into the goggle choice of many of the top privateers such as Ben LeMay, John Short, Alex Ray, Kyle Chisholm, as well as 2017 Works and Hare and Hound champion Gary Sutherland. Hey guys, this is Gary Sutherland, 2017 Works and Hare and Hound champion, and I trust X-Brand. My name is Ben LeMay, and I choose X-Brand Goggle. Hi, I'm Andy Kiefer, and whenever I want to be best dressed, I wear X-Brand Goggles. Hey guys, this is Kyle Chisholm. And for almost a decade in my professional racing career, I've chosen X-Brand as my goggles. Now, X-Brand Goggles is joining the Moto X Pod Show for 2020 with their EKS, S, and Flat Out Series goggles. 
go to eksbrand.com or email darksidemx3 at aol.com for pricing. What's up, guys? This is Alex motherfucking Ray. And if you don't use X-Brand, then you. If you're looking for top quality hard parts, you need to visit Torque One Racing. Torque One Racing has a passion for the racing industry and are a proud supporter of the Moto X Pod Show. Find the flow with Torque One Racing handlebars, levers, shifters, brake pedals, and grips. Torque One Racing is the title sponsor of the Moto X Pod Show, so support those who support us. Visit TorqueOneRacing.com and order your Defy Lock-On Grips today. If you want power, then you need Williams Moto Works. Wait, wait, what what was that? It's the Supercross guy voice. No, no, it's not. Sounds more like a Hulk Hogan promo. Well, that's good and tough. I like that. Dude, we aren't making a redneck commercial for a professional company like Williams Moto Works. He designs camshafts, builds performance motors with CNC porting. So it needs to be tough and cool. A company who can reprogram ECUs Higher rev limits and custom maps needs a professional commercial, dude. So, like, if you want complete power package from cams, portings, transmissions to ECUs, then contact Williams Moto Works at 414-467-6199 or follow them on Instagram at camdesigner or you can even email them at Williams Moto Works. That's Williams Moto and then W-E-R-X at gmail.com. Okay, that's better not good, but better. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. With research and development, they have become a leader in safety and comfort. Fly Racing is worn by many of the top athletes in motocross and supercross, including Weston Pike, Blake Baggett, Zach Osborne, Andrew Short, Damon Bradshaw, and Adam and Tyler Antonap. Seven dudes, Trey. I wear fly shoes. Wear fly shoes. 2019 Fly Racing line includes the popular Light Hydrogen, the new Evolution DST line, the all-new Women's Light line, a redesigned F2 helmet, the FR5 boot, and Zone and Zone Pro goggles. Fly Racing also has hard parts for mountain bike products and snow gear. Go to flyracing.com or check out your local dealer for more info. If you're looking for top quality hard parts, you need to visit Torque One Racing. Torque One Racing has a passion for the racing industry and are a proud supporter of the Moto X Pod Show. Find the flow with Torque One Racing handlebars, levers, shifters, brake pedals, and grips. Torque One Racing is the title sponsor of the Moto X Pod Show, so support those who support us. Visit TorqueOneRacing.com and order your Defy Lock-On Grips today. All right, next guest of the night, brought to you by X-Brand Goggles. X-Brand Goggles has grown into the choice goggle company for many of the top privateers like Ben LeMay, Jacob Hayes, Ryan Brees, John Short, as well as our next guest, he uh, he's currently sponsored by X-Brand. We may keep him around for a little while. Uh, Richard Taylor, what's up, dude? Hey, what's going on? What an appropriate sponsor to bring me out to. Yeah, I saved that one just for you, buddy. So, um, you know, as long as your results get better, we'll we'll keep you on. Yeah, no, it's pretty cool. It's my dad's company, so I get 35% <laughs> off on oh, everything. Wow, 35. That is yeah, fantastic. From Hook It. I, from Hook It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay that's a that's funny um <laughs> all right dude so first thing i want to talk to you about is man you went up to utah and you uh you ran a couple of the uh west series races up there in salt lake city um did some qualifying how how was that how'd you feel about it what was the experience like it was really cool like going in i i really had no expectations just because i knew um 
I really didn't get to prepare how I wanted to at all. And I was, they, they hit me up and they're like, Hey, we need riders. And, uh, and I was like, sure, I'll go learn. I'll go, I'll go get my feet wet in it for next year. Um, I've been really preparing for outdoors. Uh, me and my trainer, Daniel Laub, we've been working really hard for outdoors and I felt like in a really good place physically. And yeah, it was kind of a super last minute thing. And I was just like, sure, let's go for it. Let's learn. And it was good. I learned a whole bunch of stuff that I wouldn't have known. So that'll help going into next year. And I did better than I thought, honestly. Like, I was almost a main event guy. I should have been a main event guy. Maybe my starts were a little bit better. But mm-hmm. now I know what I can uh, improve on. And next year, really try and come and swing in. Well, you, you mentioned that you learned some things. Give me something you learned. What was, so, like, just like one ma- major thing that you kind of didn't think about or maybe was new to you? Uh, 250 free practice is insane. And I had no, people have told me, like, I, I'm really good friends with Colton Eck. He raced Supercross for years. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, he was like, oh, free practice is gnarly. The track, everything's steep. All the transitions are super squared out. Everything wants to send you over the bars. Whoops are huge. And I'm like, yeah, okay. And then I went out for free practice at uh, the first round I did. And after free practice, we almost, I, we almost went home. That's how bad it was. Like, it, <laughs> wow. it was so scary. Like the, I didn't. It was all muddy. It was super muddy, and everything was steep and gnarly. So I was super like, oh my god, what did I get myself into? I'm not ready. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, we went in, regrouped at the truck, and then went back out for the first qualifying. And the track was ten times better and easier and. So that was a, like a massive thing because even into round two, uh, free practice once again was super gnarly, but I was able to kind of expect it and be like, okay, it's okay. Don't panic. Yeah. Yeah. Track's going to get better. And it did. So yeah, that's what I did. I was not expecting that. So you mentioned they reached out to you, um, and you've been, you had been training and practicing, you know, prepping for outdoors. Uh, do you, with your sponsors, I mean, were you able to make significant bike changes, uh, to get ready for Supercross? Obviously suspension, uh, you know, any motor changes. Was that something you were able to do? Um, kind of, but I was originally planning on racing all the Supercrosses this year and I blew my knee out. I tore my ACL in November. Right. So I remember you tell me I that. had a bike that was kind of ready to go that I hadn't really touched my 250 because I've been on 450s getting ready for outdoors the whole time since okay. I've been back on the motorcycle. So my 250 has been, uh, it was pretty much already ready to go. Uh, RG3 did my suspension. I got it freshened up. I supercross stuff. Um, but yeah, every everything was kind of a, I didn't really touch anything, honestly, bike-wise. I went up a sprocket when I was up there, a sprocket size. Um but, yeah, no, I, I was kind of – all my suspensions stayed the same from preseason. Um, motor stayed the same. Yep, yep, that was pretty much it. I just hopped on and rode a couple days and went for it. How was the altitude for you? Um, it was it, – it was noticeable, but it wasn't massive, massively significant for me. I raced, I raced Mammoth, like, every year as an amateur, mm-hmm. um, and that's double – what we were at oh okay i've kind of been able to i went up there and it wasn't a huge deal for me what was a huge deal for me is my lack of supercross time and then just hopping into it again um it's so different on your body than than really than charging an outdoor track um outdoors i would almost describe as more like a fatigue you get tired you 
everything starts to get uh, your muscles start to get tired and things where supercross is such a sprint slash your concentration has to be so high because if you mess up at all like it's really not good at supercross so you got to really focus on breathing and like with my lack of time on supercross i i felt like i would do a few laps and pull off and like be so winded and Mm. that wasn't really me not being in shape it was just me not having the time i needed and throughout the week even while i was there up there um i got better like i was already starting to get used to supercross again by the time i got to the second round so uh, that was the main thing. The altitude wasn't really that big of a deal for me. Okay. Uh, your dad, obviously, you know, for, for us, he's a legend, um, amazing test rider, so many things he's done in the industry. Um, what, what's some advice that he's given you recently? You know, um, you know, something that you can learn from him that you listen to, because as a kid, you don't always listen to your, your dad, but, you know, give us some yeah. advice he gave you. Uh, well, a prime example I have that is fresh in my mind is round, the, the second West Coast round I did up there in Salt Lake. I was having a really hard time uh, getting the, the real, the big Supercross triple. It was it was pretty big, and there was a little speed check before it. Um, and I was having a really hard time clearing it. I was sitting at everything I got. Me being a bigger guy, I'm already 180 pounds. And my Suzuki 250 is fast, but just me being bigger, I was just kind of struggling hitting some stuff. Um and my dad, like, he just helps me with lines and, like, things like that. And basically, before the corner, I was really trying to cut down and and stay low in the corner. And he was like, no, you got you to gotta roll the corner, carry speed, and soak up the little speed check. And, I mean, it seems common sense to do it, but when you're in a supercross and time qualifying practice, you're not thinking about, oh, how can I be smoother? How can I carry speed? All you're thinking about is I need to go fast, 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 so... It was kind of nice. He, he helps me with things like that. He helps me with start and technique and everything. And um, I could definitely improve on starts. But <laughs> he he has a lot of really good info that is really important for me. And uh, because he has been through it all already, so right. it's really helpful. Do you think you know? I've seen you race a couple times at Freestone and a few places here and there. Uh, do you think starts are your weak spot in general, or or, or where what is your weak spot if you if you no. Yeah, the past few, the past year or two, it definitely has been starts. If I, I mean, here's a prime example. I, I just uh, talked about how I raced Mammoth my whole amateur career. For some reason, man, Mammoth, I always, I've whole shot at least once every year I've been to Mammoth. And, and I always do really well there. And I'm sure it's not a coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> those starts, when you start in the front, like I almost won, uh, I think uh, Open Pro Sport this year in Mammoth had Jet Lawrence and all these gnarly guys in it, and I got a really good start and I got second and, and it was it was really good and uh, I just really need to work on them. The I didn't have a lot of time practicing on the expanded metal for oh, Supercross. Yeah, and yep. yeah, I was kind of having a really hard time keeping my front my front wheel down. Plus elevation, I guess there's another elevation thing we can talk about. My uh, the bike was having a hard time pulling second when I would hit the dirt to have a big dip in the power. So I actually started in first gear one foot up huh. all the supercrosses. And uh, so it was like worked pretty well when I'd get off clean. But like there was a there was a chance that the front wheel was going to come up every couple starts, you know. So <laughs> in my LCQ, that, yeah. I, that exactly happened. I let the clutch out and I almost did a backflip. 
Wow. So it was just my rider error. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I just, but it's all right. Experience. I mean, I'm excited for outdoors because of dirt starts, and I'll be on a 450, and I'm a lot more comfortable with all of these things. Uh, also, I'm putting in a lot of work at home, really trying to dial in starts because I know it's important. It is kind of nice um, not being an amateur anymore and actually having time to work through the pack this year where other, you know, amateur races are 10, 15 minutes long. So if you don't get a start in amateur, you're especially screwed. But my plan is to get good starts, and uh, my fitness feels really good. I've been working with my trainer ever since leading up to Supercross last year, and uh, his name is Daniel Laub, and he actually um, learned everything he knows from Peter Park, who trained Ken Roxon and Adamson Cirillo up in Santa Barbara a couple mm-hmm. of years ago. I don't know if you remember them up there all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I go to that gym every once in a while, and I talk to him every day, and everything's structured. I've never been so structured in my life, and it's really nice. I can wake up and know what I'm going to do, track today. I know exactly what I need to do, and uh, I see it paying off, too. I can see my fitness growing. I can see my lap times more consistent, and it's just really nice. It's, I, I really enjoy it, and I'm excited to see when racing comes how it applies. Yeah, that's really works. cool. <laughs> um I wanted to ask you, you know, when you line up on a heat race at a Supercross and you look left, you look right, and there's these, you know, superstars of the sport, right? These guys that, uh, for a lot of people, you, you you would sort of almost be in awe of, I would think. You know, and some, some riders have talked about that when you first get there. It, you have to realize, hey, I'm one of these guys too. But was there any of that for you? Did you look, you know, left, look right, and see Austin Forkner or Dylan Ferrandis or any of those West Coast guys and kind of be like, holy crap. Um, yeah, I kind of surprised myself as, uh, I had a gate, my first ever gate drop in Supercross's first race, not heat race. I, I somehow got a spot. I qualified decent and I got a spot in between Christian Craig and Dylan Ferrandis. Yeah. I used that picture. And, I used that picture for the, for the show to, on Instagram. So I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, there were a couple people in front of me that I definitely feel like they should have taken that spot because it wasn't a bad spot at all. I guess maybe they were just intimidated. I was like, I'm going there. I, I don't care. It's a, it's nice. a pretty good rut. Um, next to these guys, they're going to start well. If I'm near them, I'll funnel in with them and come out well, and I'll get TV time, and I did. So <laughs> Yeah, that's cool. It, uh, but, yeah, I mean, I surprised myself in the fact that, like, on the gate there, I wasn't even really stressing that much about it at all. Um the main thing I was nervous coming into Supercross was I was nervous about myself and the track because I've never done one of these before. I did Monster Energy Cup, but that doesn't really count. But I was more, once I got the track down for myself and qualifying and I was jumping all the stuff and I was hitting the whoops well and everything, then the nerves, a lot of the nerves went away. Um, then it was just me having to ride the best I could ride. So when I, I like was it. next to those guys, I didn't really, I mean... Yeah, I mean, I respect all those guys. They're super gnarly, but I was just, I kind of blocked everything out. It was cool. It was almost like I'd be more nervous if I was at a local race and, like, one of those guys was there because then it'd be like, you'd know you'd have to, it'd be like me versus them, you know? But there were so oh, yeah. many good guys on the line yeah. that I didn't really care. I was just like, there's a lot of gnarly guys here. I'm just going to go do the best I can do and uh, see what I can do with it. And, I actually ripped a start in that race. I, off the metal, my elbows were in front of uh, 
Brandis and Craig. I was starting in first, and I my shift wasn't very clean, and they got back by me. But I got off super clean, and me and Craig rubbed elbows all the way down the straightaway. It was kind of cool. Dude, I'll have to go back but, and rewatch yeah, that. I don't know. You'd think it'd be – you know what, though? In the first free practice, we got those little sight laps, you know? Yeah. Um, it was kind of cool. I, I did have one of those moments, though. I was, like, kind of looking around, and I'm like, dang, I'm, like, really – out here on a real super cross track <laughs> right now with all these guys like this is it but then once we started going that that was it that was then it was over yeah that's cool though that's it i like i like hearing that because you know i'll i'll certainly never get to experience that and probably most of our listeners won't either so that's really cool man i, I was happy for you uh you know and i'm sure your dad was proud to have see you out there and uh your dad's you know a typical He's like one of those typical moto dads almost. He's hard on you, but but it's you know for a reason, and he's trying to teach you. But I, I can only imagine how pr- proud he was to have his son out there, and uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, no, thanks. I appreciate it, and I know, I know every, I know what the reason he gets mad and things like that is because he sees what I can do and believes in me. So I just need to execute what I need to execute, and um, he was super pumped that I was out there, and it was really cool. I wish I would have ended the trip a little better. Yeah. My last race was the one I was probably the least stoked on, that last LCQ, because it was like going into the first round, we had no idea where I was going to be. So it wasn't really that big of a deal. I almost missed the start in that first LCQ. We had to bump start the bike. It was like, <laughs> I didn't make the main, but it was like, oh, whatever. But I, I see I'm fast. So then like going into round two, we're like, okay, I see exactly where I am. I qualify like around 20th i should be in the mains and then when i don't make the main when we know i should be in the main it's a little bit of a different story and a little less uh cheery around sure so. sure understood <laughs> yeah. yeah well man re- i like that i like that i remember when i first turned b class uh right out of the c class in like 2015 um my first b race i got sixth, i believe at a uh what would now be a swap mode live race it was a trans world race back then i got six and i was like oh first b race i got six there was like i don't know 15 guys that's pretty good and yeah dad was not pumped and you know what i like that he wasn't pumped because then it made me realize like this isn't where i need to be i need to be better very and I good was. i got better so yeah it's kind of cool i'm not a main event guy no one's happy about it i'm not happy about it and now i'm I know I need to be in the main. It's not acceptable to not be in the main anymore. So I think that'll just elevate me in my mindset. With I, it. I agree. I think that's awesome that you're you're taking what your dad is telling you, you know, and his his uh, responses and, and taking it in a positive way and learning from it. I think that's what what he would want, and that's awesome, dude. And um, how many of the nationals are you planning on doing? Are you going all of them? Yeah, the, the plan's doing all of them uh, on four fifties. Okay. Well, as of now, I'll be at the first two, so I should see you in uh, Indiana and WW. That's the plan, unless something weird happens. So, dude, looking forward to it. I'll definitely come find you. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm really excited. I'm I'm gonna. We're just building a race bike actually right now. I'm yeah. in the garage and we're getting my race bike built. And then I want to get back to Texas uh, in a couple weeks and just try and try and get some. Uh, some texas motos in or motos out back you know out that way just yeah. because it's so much more realistic you're gonna head to underground it's hard yeah you, so. you're gonna head to underground oh yeah i'll go i'll go ride underground a little bit um i'll probably go stay with don bichelia again yeah 
he uh, lets me stay out with him, and we I ride with him all the time. And uh, but yeah, I def- I love underground. That place is sick. I, the, the times I've been there, it's been like my favorite riding ever. So yeah, it's... I definitely want to go back out there and, and ride it more because it it was really fun. It's yeah. not like California. We don't have fun jumps like that, you know. And then it it's got nice. Uh, big deep ruts and bumps it's deep it's really good it's really good practice yeah I sent a picture of underground that they, they had just posted a picture I think this weekend and I sent a picture to Kiefer you know because him and Aiden uh, got their, their tickets to Loretta's and I was like hey you coming this way to get some rut practice and uh, yeah. Chris was like yeah maybe or probably or something like that and I sent him a picture of of underground and he just sent back like a big heart. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So definitely it's a place, it's a cool place. Um, not so much fun for a slow vet rider like myself, uh, because it's (laughs) scary, but cool, man. Uh, looking forward to seeing you soon though, dude, man, really proud of you. Yeah. Thanks. I appreciate it. Dude. Slow vet rider. California is the place you want to be because (laughs) the tracks aren't very deep. They're nice and, nice and smooth for everybody the jumps are all very safe and <laughs> well it's yeah the down in texas if you let off the gas you're gonna sink into a front flip which yep. i would like but yeah you know yeah you're, you're right man it gets rough there's there, me and my buddies we go to the track and we like it in the morning by the end of the day we're like oh time to go yeah yeah time to go but dude hey appreciate you coming on uh tell your dad that uh i'm looking forward to these new goggles coming out i know that's been a stress of his. Uh, everybody's been kind of waiting on it. It's it, things are not easy right now with the way the world is, and it's coming. Yep. I know that. Oh, it's it's coming now. We weren't sure for a long time with a lot of things, didn't have answers, but it'll be here. It will yep. be here. I have seen five photos of things, so well, they yeah, will be here. I got to see the prototype at Houston last year. I think it was. I think you had them on, uh, and yeah. then Gary Sutherland was running the prototype at Glen Helen. Uh, at the Vet Nationals this last year. So I've seen it, and it's badass. Can't wait to get my hands on them. Uh, X-Brand Goggles, obviously a big sponsor of the Moto X Pod Show. So, And if you're out in the Texas area, hit me up, Darkside MX3 at AOL. I'm X-Brand rep. I've got them in stock. So let's uh, let's sell you guys some goggles. But, hey, Richard, thanks, man. Hey, thank you. I always love to be on. Let me know when you want me to be on again, and I will happily do it. Let's do it after uh, Indiana, after the first race. Oh, that'll be cool, yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll holler at you, and I'll see you out there, I'm sure. All right, sounds good. Thanks see you, Richard. Again. Thanks, man. All right, thanks to Richard Taylor for coming on. Thanks to Chris Moore and Andy Gregg from Guts Racing. Had a lot of fun with the show. Um, you know, wasn't really able to line out any of the uh, the factory, you know, pro Supercross riders. I, I reached out to a lot of guys, a lot of mechanics, and, uh, you know, everybody just got off of – the Supercross series, and they weren't really feeling it. Um, you know, Mathis got some good guys on last night, but uh, I was super stoked when Chris reached out to me and Richard wanted to come on because those guys are awesome, dude. And they got, the, you know, as we have said many, many times, right, the privateers are the backbone of the sport. So it's great to have them on. I appreciate it. But speaking of the the big names, right, next week, tentatively, as of right now, I have Brian Krantz, Eli Tomac's mechanic, Dylan Ferrandis, um, and I'm blanking, honestly, on uh, – hang on one second. Oh, Davey Coombs uh, from MX Sports, right, Racer X. He's uh, he's planning on coming on, so we're going to talk about the Nationals, and hopefully we'll get some details on that. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a good show. I think there's a couple other guys that we've reached out to 
that we're working on. Aiden Kiefer is going to try to come on. Uh, Chris's son, obviously, who just got his ticket for Loretta's. He's going to be making his first trip out there. So we're going to talk to him. He is, if you guys follow the Kiefer's, I'm sure you do on Instagram. Aiden's come a long way in the last year with his writing ability. So I really want to get him on, talk to him a little bit. Uh, and hey, I've got this idea for a Eli Tomac super fan trivia contest. And this came from, obviously, we all know Dylan, right? If you listen to Pulp, you know Dylan, super fan. And I had another guy reach out to me that said he was a bigger super fan than uh, Dylan was. So I came up with this idea for this trivia contest. They both sounded pretty stoked on it. Brian Kranz was, worked on uh, some stuff to give me for some giveaways off of Eli's bike. I probably shouldn't even say that. I don't want to give that away yet. But anyway, it's out there. So uh, hopefully that will be happening real soon. The second guy, I have not been able to get a response out of him since I lined it up. But uh, if if the guy doesn't want to do it or doesn't come through, we know Dylan's in. Uh, my buddy Dan, Snap-on Dan, Dan Colvin from Main Event Moto, he's a big fan of – he's a Kawasaki fan. He's an AC super fan, but he's also an Eli fan. So he may fill in. Or, hell, if any of you guys are, you got to be really, true, truly – Eli super fans, if you want in on this, and I'll consider it if the other guy doesn't come in. But it's it's I've got a bunch of questions, so it, it should be a lot of fun. Stay tuned for that. Uh, hopefully in the next couple weeks we'll get that out. And, of course, ride or die this week with the Blairs. I've got one coming up with Diana Dahlgren and her husband, Frogman. I've got another one coming up with Shorty and uh, his wife, Jackie Short. So there's a few more ride or dies coming up on Instagram, and then I'll post that audio a week later on the feed. I hope you guys like them. Anyway, support our sponsors, the Cherubies USA X-Brand Goggles, title sponsor Torque One Racing, All Sport Dynamics, Shock Socks, Blood Lubricants, Fly Racing, Power Band Racing, Extreme Colors, and Williams Motor Works. Again, thanks, guys. Uh, fun show. Patreon.com. Go support us. Blood Lubricants, please use the promo code MOTOX. That helps us out a ton. We've got a little bit of a contest trying to go – uh, because Kiefer's on that. His his podcast is sponsored by it. So I'd like to get – I know my numbers for my my listeners probably will not be as close to Kiefer's numbers, but let's get them closer than they were this last year. So, guys, go order some blood lubricants from bloodlubricants.com. Use Moto X, uh, Moto X promo code. Help us out. Anyway, that's it. We're out of here. Be back next week. <laughs>